plot twists. We're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that defining moment when a story, any story, takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, superhero buff and comedy lover. And I'm Fran, reality TV obsessive and true crime enthusiast. And we're from Now TV. And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favourite plot twists, both on and off screen. So expect the unexpected and hopefully some behind-the-scenes nuggets that you've never heard before. Contain spoilers. Obviously. Hello, another week, another episode. I know, are you missing seeing me in person yet? Ugh, I mean, it's definitely a lot quieter at the moment. Yeah, and I, I can block you, you out. I was going to say, I think you're using the sort of WhatsApp mute button a bit much than you should be. <laughs> to be fair, you have got a distraction at the moment. I know, there's a new addition to the household. I mean, he's teeny tiny. We have succumbed and got the kitten that we've been wanting for a very long time. He's very sweet. He is very sweet. I've been inundated with messages, which is partly why I've muted our WhatsApp uh, chat. Anyway. We digress. So I think we, we should uh, get on to this week's guests. We should. We should. So who have we got lined up? We've got another double act this week. You've probably seen both their faces in a previous project they were on together. Uh a little series called Line of Duty. Uh, so we have Stephen Graham and Danny Mays, who are here to talk about their new series, Code 404. I mean, where do you start with these guys? When we did the prep fram, we were looking at everything they've done in their resume. It's like, there's so much in there. There's so much they've done. Like Stephen Graham, obviously, This Is England, playing Combo, uh, Save Me. Uh, and he's been in three Scorsese productions, played Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire, and of course, starring in The Irishman as well, which was a huge film. You know, the boy from Kirby opposite De Niro and Al Pacino is incredible. I know, it's unreal. And then you've got Daniel Mays, of course, who has been in Temple playing Lee. Like Stephen Graham, he's not just got TV experience, he's also got big film experience where he played Sergeant Sanders in The Big Thrill in 1917 last year. What a film. So, you know, what a film. So these guys have got a lot of pedigree. And he was also in something, wasn't he, that your mum is a mega fan of? Yeah, she's absolutely obsessed with this film called Fisherman's Friends, which is a brilliant film. And I think we've seen it about six times now. So there was a point last year where I actually thought he'd moved in. <laughs> brilliant. As a, when in lockdown, she's got plenty of opportunity to watch it and rewatch it. So, uh, oh, she will. She will. She definitely will. So to give you a bit of an insight into our chat with these guys, we obviously had them set up online. Uh, we could see all of their faces. And just from the offset... They were completely full of mischief. Full of it. And we were also really fortunate as we were setting up to meet Stephen's wife, Hannah, and his dog, which was lovely. So, yeah, it's always good to give a bit of background, of course. But we should say, Fran, why they're on the podcast this week is to promote their new series, Code 404, which is a futuristic comedy drama. Yeah, so in the series, we see Daniel May's character killed off and brought back to life using AI technology. Um, but let's just say the wiring might have gone a little bit askew. A little bit. Uh, so here it is, the first half of our interview with Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays on the Plot Twist podcast. Daniel, you were just saying about uh, lockdown and stuff. I mean, you've had a bit of a mare, haven't you, last... Sounds like it, last few weeks. Yeah, it was on Mother's Day. It was a Sunday before all the schools were shut. And we went into lockdown and my, my, my wife unfortunately slipped out on a walk and broke her leg. So yeah. um, she was really nervous about, you know, the whole social distancing thing and not wanting to be around people, which is understandable. 
And uh, the kids, I've got two kids, they were jumping around the place, crawling the walls, and I was just like, look, we've got to get out, we've got to go and have a bit of exercise. And then she went and uh, slipped down a cross verge and broke her leg. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. And then, then we had to go to, on Mother's Day, and we had to go to um, A&E at Barnet Hospital for three hours. Oh, bloody hell. Quite a day. It was a surreal moment. But I have to give a shout-out to, you know, the A&E departments, you know, they're all yeah. dealing with coronavirus and everything else, but an A&E department is still dealing with broken legs and emergencies of all sorts. So, um, yeah, they were amazing to sort of see them up close and personal like that at this time was pretty uh, incredible. That's always good to hear. And, Stephen, it looks like on Twitter you've been having a bit of fun with Alfie and, you know, looking like Combo these days. Uh, yeah, 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 shit, yeah. Yeah, that was just, he got his head shaved a couple of weeks ago by um, his mate, Mario's at hairdresser. And he was saying, go ahead, you have a go. And and I didn't. And then I just went, do you know what? I'm, I went, go on, I'll shave it. Once I realised I wasn't going to be going to work for a bit. So he started it and then our Grace finished it off. And and I put it on Twitter and it just went mental. <laughs> it took off. It really took <laughs> off. And the, the response was ridiculous. <laughs> I wasn't expecting anything like that. I think it, I think it ends up getting something silly like over a, over a million and a half hits or something. Just, just me, I hope he shaved me head. That was it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel oh, like brilliant. people will come out of this either with too much hair or have lost all the hair they did have through some form of home grooming. <laughs> yes, yeah, because yeah, it's not easy yeah. to do, is it? Yeah, very much. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, yeah, Tom. Yeah, didn't, I mean, to be fair, I, I was an egg with sideburns before the lockdown, so you know, <laughs> sort of sideies off. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a bit of fun. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it was just that. It was literally, and I think I sent it to you early on, didn't I, Dan? I think I sent it what, to Alex. The shaved head look. Yeah, 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 yeah. He sent it to me on the um, on our WhatsApp group, yeah. You're not tempted, Danny? I've got a big mane of head of hair, me. I mean, <laughs> if anyone needs to have their head shaved, it's me. It'd be a lot more manageable, particularly in this heat. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, like you say, Steve, we haven't got any work lined up for God knows when now, so I guess you can if you, you do whatever you want, really, because we're not in continuity for anything, so... Fair game, you know. Did you have any projects on the go? Uh, yeah, I was about to shoot... Um, well, not. we were going to start shooting the second series of Temple, this show I've done, another oh, show for yeah. Sky. I love with, Temple. Uh, yeah, with Mark Strong. So, uh, But that was meant to go at the end of uh, April. So we were just, we'd just done early read-throughs of the scripts and they were constructing the set. So uh, everything's unfortunately gone on, gone on hold for the foreseeable future, yeah. No, oh, Lee's, yeah. Lee's a great character. Love Temple. Um, yeah, it's a great we, show. We said, I loved it. Loved doing it. We uh, we said before, obviously, um, talking about plot twist moment in, in your careers. And when we did the research, looking into you guys, there is so much on your resume that you've done. It's almost like where, where on earth, from, from our perspective, it's like where, where on earth do you start? Um, has there been a plot twist moment? You know, that, that the unexpected where the you know in your careers that narrative has changed. Personally, for me, there's there's been a couple of massive ones. Yeah basically standing at a crossroads, do you know what I mean, in many respects. I think the one I've already spoken about, which a lot of people know, is that when I went, you know, when I went with a pal for, he was going for an audition, and that's when I met Guy Ritchie, and he he, he did his first little short film, I did that one. Um, but I think what, you know, what a lot of people might not know about, although maybe they do, I don't know, but there was a massive one for me. After I'd done This Is England, I couldn't get a job. 
I couldn't, I, I just couldn't work. I didn't, I didn't get a job. And I think it was coming up for about eight months that I'd even had an audition. I just not, it just went, went dry. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I, uh, I did some work with the local youth centre around here, some volunteer work, and I was making films with the with the young young lads and girls, that, you know, in 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 our area. Um, and they were writing them and they were acting in them, and I was just helping them make them. And some really powerful, lovely little pieces. You know what I mean about bullying, about domestic violence, and and stuff like that. And it was it was a project that just kind of I was at a loose end, and a family friend said, "Look, come come and help out at the youth centre," and I did. And after about four months of just helping out every Wednesday, um, she went, look, her job's come up here. Um, we're looking to take someone on full time. Would you be interested? And I went, I went, yeah, I think I would actually. And she went, no, well, you know, if you say you're interested, just fill out the application form in. Um, and she said, look, I guarantee you, I'm doing the interview, so you will get the job. Mm. So I was like, okay. Mm. All right, and I literally took the application form on, um, and I was chatting with Annie, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe I should do it. And then I got a phone call, and I got uh, off my agent, and literally the next day, and it was like, um, that is an audition here. I can't even remember what it was, to be honest with you. And I was like, okay, right, do I stay and do the application form, do I send that off, or do I go for the audition? And I went for the audition, and thankfully, whatever it was, I got it, you know what I mean? Um, and then that kind of then put me back onto that track of, of, you know, acting and wanting to continue acting. But it was like, yeah, it was literally, it was a cigarette paper away from me going, all right, look, this, this isn't going to work for me, this acting. After me feeling like I'd, I'd put something out there, which was the best that I could do, do you know what I mean? And, and still nothing was coming in. So, yeah, that was that was a big moment for me. And it, it's weird, but I can't remember what the job was. It was just a job, do you know what I mean? And I just went, yeah. I'm going to go for it. And I did, and thankfully I got it. And then and then my path changed again onto that direction. It's amazing that after all that time of, you, you'd obviously done Snatch, Gangs of New York, and This Is England, which was huge. And then to think that eight months after that, you still were looking for the next audition, it kind of shows you what the industry's like in a way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it does massively. And it, it was one of those strange things as well, do you know what I mean? I've spoken about it with friends and it's just one of the, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if people thought that Shane found me in the streets. I don't know. But like you said, you know, I've done work before. So if you look for it, you could see I was an actor. I, maybe it was too realistic. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. It just it just didn't seem to work out for me after that point. But then thankfully, like I said, I got that audition. I went for it and, and you know, here we are today. And what, about, and what about you, Danny? What was your sort of moment uh, where it could have gone a different way? I, c- I can relate to what Stephen's talking about because when I um, I did three years at drama school, I went to RADA for three years and then um, I signed with a big agent, you know, um, Sarah Spear, who I'm with now, uh, um, Curtis Brown, still with her. And uh, I just didn't work for the first six months. I couldn't. I couldn't get arrested. Um, I was going in for meetings, and I, I, it just wasn't happening. And then um, you suddenly. I, it was a mo. You know, a period of an- mass anxiety because I was like, you know, what do I do now? I've thrown all my eggs into one basket. It's not really working out. And then the first job I got was EastEnders, and it was four episodes. And uh, an amazing casting director called Julia Crampsey. She gave me my first gig. And then um, they were possibly talking about doing more episodes, but I, I knew enough to not want to 
get stuck in a soap. Uh, and it was Julia who then got me in for my second job, which was something called In Deep with Nick Berry and Stephen Tompkinson. And then and then slowly the ball started to roll. But I can completely relate to what Steve's talking about. I mean, two months becomes three months, becomes eight months, and then it's like, what what what's going on here? So it's just you just have to stick at it, don't you? And and keep persevering and, and try not to take it too personally. And I mean that's easier said than done. And which sort of moments for both of you were the moment where you felt like that tide had turned? Like you say, having been in a few several sort of projects and then it being a bit oh. quieter, like which was the moment where you were like, I never, right, I, now never I never think like that though. I'm always, no? lots of actors can say this, they have this in common where they go, right, come in Mr Mays, tap on the shoulder, your time is up. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Because I think you do have to have that mentality of you're only as good as your last job. I always think that anyway. I, I tend to wipe the slate clean with every role and come at it afresh, mm. really. And and then you don't really become sort of stagnant or stale in the choices that you make, really. You try and keep it... You want to surprise yourself as well as the audience that you're hopefully entertaining. Uh, for me, I completely agree with Danny. And if, if I'm really honest, you know what I mean? I think it's... And we've spoke about this before, me and Danny, but I think there's also that slight working-class mentality... Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that, and that imposter yeah. syndrome where you think, hang on, this, this, fuck, you know, this isn't going to last forever, this, they're going to clock onto me. And you think, <laughs> you know, what am I doing here? What am I actually doing here? Um, and for me personally, if I'm really truthful and really honest, that kind of only has slightly gone away to an extent over, over the past year. Um, you know, on the set of The Irishman, my ass went completely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's what's going on here? That's what, what am I going? How am I going to do this? What's what's happened? Shit! What are we going to? I found out, and I was I was in, I was literally oh, I I had a slight mini tiny panic attack. I was like, I don't really? know how to do this. But really? She was like, What do you, what do you mean? I went, I've got to see me. I've got to see me on Pacino. She was like, Yeah, I know. And I was like, That's No, crazy. I don't even understand on Pacino. She was like, Don't worry, relax, you know. And she made me take a deep breath because. You know, Danny did a, a, a boss podcast a, a few weeks back about his hero and all that, and, and who inspired him. And it was Robert De Niro. And you know, for yeah, me, it was yeah. the same. I was about to go and do a scene with Al Pacino, and it was—it just <laughs> kind of hit me. And, and that's—and all of them fears, them self doubts, that you know, that that kind of working class mentality we have spoken about. But all of that just hit me in one point, and I had to. Just literally calm me down and say, look, you deserve to be there. You've earned the right to be there. They want you there. Just go and do what you do. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it was that that kind of calmed me down. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I, yeah, well, yeah, maybe I do deserve to be here. Maybe I must have some ability. You definitely and then I went there and then I don't have a boss time. Do you know what I mean? I did a really lovely scene and he was amazing <laughs> to work with. Is that is that the scene in prison? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that one where, where we sat across the, the, the bench from each other in prison. So, I, you know, to reiterate exactly what Danny said, I don't think that thing ever leaves you. I think if it does leave you, then you turn into a ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> Personally. Yeah. If you're yeah. going be that person that goes, well, I've got this and, you know, I've got this. Well, yeah. not to yeah. that, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't, I don't think you can ever rest on your laurels in this game, can you? Because you just come unstuck. No. Just, just quickly on that scene with uh, Pacino, 
you were saying that he wasn't expecting you to, you know, smash the the, the, the uh, was it the cup or the bowl across the throw the ice cream bowl. Yeah. yeah. When when you're both reading scripts like that, do you look for opportunities where you could manipulate it and then do something that you know your opposite actor might not expect? It, it kind uh, of yeah. depends, doesn't it, Dan? It depends. I think you have to get to a place where you do all your research, all your homework. You get to a place where you feel completely prepared and ready to be as instinctive as you possibly can in that moment, in that scene. And you try and be spontaneous. I mean, did you think about hitting that cup off the table in the moment or you sort of pre-planned it a bit? Or, I mean, it's it's, it's always good to risk and try things, you know, because if it doesn't work, they'll just edit it out. Yeah. And you can go again. But literally what happened with that is, you know, with everything I do, I read through it with Hannah first. Do you know what I mean? Because of my dyslexia and stuff like that. And, and I just sit with Hannah and I read through it and I I, I must piss it off because then I'll start doing silly walks and all that and all that. And so I kind of find bits and bobs while I'm just sitting here with her, do you know what I mean? And she, and we were reading that scene and it, and it on the page, there was you know, a lot of that scene was improvised because there wasn't that much on the page. There was still a couple of pages, but it wasn't in its entirety. And we'd read it a couple of times, and she was like looking up at me doing it, and I was stood up, and I just grabbed the paper off her, and she went, "Yeah, what are you doing?" And I went, "What?" But it just felt. I think I might just like knock his ice cream away like that. She looked <laughs> at me as if to say, "No, no." <laughs> I was like, uh, "No, I think I might do." And then, and then when I got there, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't do it straight away or nothing like that. But it was, it's what you're saying. It was an idea I had, I had pre-thought it. But I tested the water first and let the scene breathe and, you know, give it give it that time to develop. And he was and then it was like the whole kind of frustrations of he owes me two million quid. That's a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? So it was that. And I didn't tell anybody else. I just told the cameraman, the props department. But Danny's right. You know, you wait till it's in the moment and, and you feel if it's right. Judge it. And yeah, then it yeah. just did feel like the right thing to do. Um, and his reaction was lovely. Do you know what I mean? It really was. Because it caught him off guard, right? Completely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't <laughs> jump back like that. <laughs> Did you see that, Marty? You frightened me. The kid frightened me. Oh, I love Sorry that. about that. And he's like, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. So, yeah, it was nice. You know what I mean? It was. You kind of felt like you earned your stripes then in that moment. You know what I yeah. mean? But the thing is, you never really, you don't know what a set's really going to be like if you're jumping from scene to scene. And there, mm. you know, you have to just leave yourself completely open as to what that room is going to do to you when you step onto it. Do you know what I mean? And somehow let that affect how you're going to play it, you know? Uh, it's a marriage of being prepared and being completely uh, in the moment. I think that's the best way to approach anything, really. And not being afraid to fail, do you know what I mean? Not being yeah. afraid to yeah. fall on yeah. your face. Having trust in the director and the people around you, especially, you know, your fellow actors, but... Really haven't trusted that director where if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, at least you give it a shot. And it's not... Yeah. So, yeah. It, and it's also not very formulaic, do you know what I mean? Not where right, you have to yeah. hit that mark, you have to say that, and you have to move across that. And you get, you know, in the past, there's been them odd directors who are just say your fucking lines and don't hit the furniture. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, and whoa, all right, well, yeah. what am I doing here then? Do you know what I mean? Because you can have happy accidents on, on set, you know. I'm thinking of, I don't want to give anything away in our new show, Code 404, but I'm thinking about that door scenario, Steve, 
in the last, you know, the, when the fob thing didn't work and do you remember? <laughs> Yeah. He can't remember it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, just uh, see how it plays out, I guess. So how long have you guys been friends in total now? We worked it out. It was like, it's about 15 years ago. We did, a weirdly, another comedy called Top Buzzer, which was uh, on MTV, and it was written by Ed Allen and Johnny Vaughan. And that was the first time Stephen and I had worked together and met, and it feels like a lifetime ago now. So... Um, we had a great time on that. That was a complete scream. And we've stayed in contact and we've always said to one another, we'd love to work with each other again. And then I got approached for Code 404. And as soon as I read it and I said to the producer, you know, who are you thinking about for the other role, the partner? And he said, it's really early stages. And then Steve just popped into my head and um, sent Steve the script. And I think we were both, you know, predominantly known for serious roles so um it was a chance for us to so sort of really serious stuff yeah he done well you've done the virtues didn't you steve and yeah, he'd yeah. done line of duty and everything else yeah, so we've done heavy stuff hadn't we it was about time you know we just sort of just wanted to play in the comedy world a little bit and um it was just a this the script for code 404 was written by daniel peak and it was um it, I mean, actors say this all the time about comedies, but it was genuinely laugh out loud. And um, I think and I hope that that transposes onto the screen because we had an absolute such a laugh making it, didn't we, Steve? It was uh, it was we just kept corpsing all the time. We kept laughing, you know, and it was uh, um, a struggle to get each filming day in the cam. But um, <laughs> we, we, we managed to do it eventually. I like that you're called. Is it the I, John Major, you're called? <laughs> D.I. John Major, yeah. John Major and Roy Carver. Yeah, we're hoping we're going to be the new professionals or... <laughs> Cagney and Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Bodie and Doyle, yeah, yeah. It's more. It's a, sort of a futuristic sort of uh, sort of cop uh, comedy drama, though, isn't it? It's not... It's a bit, is it like Line of Duty on Speed? <laughs> um, that's quite a good way of describing it, I guess. The new tagline I mean, of the show. <laughs> yeah, more like not speed. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 set in the near future. You know, it's made by Kudos, who have got a great track record. So it looks slick. You know, they've thrown a bit of money at it, and it really starts. If you watch the first episode, it pretty much starts like an episode of Line of Duty. Do you know what I mean? And then tonally, you think, where's this going? And then, you know, you're talking about... I mean, I've got killed pretty much in every drama I've ever made, so <laughs> nothing changes with this one. But lo and behold, I come back part man, part AI. So he's 90% human, 10% robot AI. It's just all the wiring's wrong. So all of the instincts that made him a great copper to begin with, have all, it's all gone awry. So he's kicking down the wrong doors, he's arresting the wrong people, <laughs> and he has this amazing relationship with his partner Roy so they're very much opposite but together they are you know the top of the tree in terms of the special investigation unit what who the police force they work for so um yeah it's just a great great double act you know and it was just great to have Steve alongside me there to to play off again yeah it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun how good was that? Part one of our interview with Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays on Plot Twist. I know, it's great. Before we uh, start talking about their plot twists, we have to have a big shout out to Daniel's big wife. Shout out. What yeah. a terrible Mother's Day gift to break your leg. Poor, well, I hope poor she's, woman. 
Poor woman, but we hope she's so recovering well. And we should talk about plot twists. I know. I find it fascinating that week on week, we still manage to unearth different types of plot twists from the people that we're chatting to. And I thought Stevens was really interesting. Yeah, it was a big surprise, actually, to think that you played such an iconic role in This Is England, playing Combo. Uh, so to think that eight months after that, he's then still looking for work, waiting for his next script to come up. I, I just thought it was incredible. I know how crazy all of the roles that we would have missed out on seeing him in if he had taken that slightly different path. And we always talk about our favourite moments from the interviews. And I'm sure you can probably guess what mine's going to be. Yeah, you're going towards Pacino. I'm going to go for the Pacino scene. I just thought <laughs> it was so funny. like The fact he, I'll tee up the prop guy, I'll tee up the camera guy. I'm just not going to tee up Pacino and see how he responds. Brilliant. Incredible. And it, and it worked a treat. It really did. He generally got him. He got the effect that he wanted. Um, but also the other thing is they're, they're really good friends. And you saw that right from the start. Yeah, you can tell they've known each other for a long time. They first worked together 15 years ago on Top Buzzer, and that really comes through, especially in the interview. But another another favourite was the description oh, of Code 404. <laughs> uh, so you decided to use Line of Duty as a reference point, which was great. But this is apparently Line of Duty on speed, which was quickly corrected to acid. Well, potato, potato. But I, I thought it was a, I mean, it's a fair reference. I mean, I would hear about it, but it, uh, it was actually pretty accurate. So... Um, there you go. Well done, there you, you go. Uh, That's I think it is really interesting, though. These guys have both had really broad careers. Uh, so I, for one, wanted to know more about that. So I think we should get back to it. We certainly should. Here are Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays on the Plot Twist podcast. So I was going to say, obviously, you guys say that you first worked together about sort of 15 years ago. What's your view on how the industry's changed since then? It used to sort of feel like you had to be in sort of a big blockbuster to have your big break. But it seems like now sort of these epic series of what people are really sort of looking for career-wise. So what's your sort of view on that? The whole game has changed really with the sort of um, explosion of television. I mean, Steve, Steve obviously has been in um, the Martin Scorsese thing, uh, Broadwalk Empire and... Um, Al Capone. And that was yeah. a huge show f- for him to be in. And I think, I don't know, it's, it's, it, I guess it's increasingly difficult to get British independent films off the ground. You know, that seems to be a market which is becoming in more and more uh, difficult to get any success in. And it's just that everyone seems to be, with the birth of all these streaming services, it's a complete game changer. But from an artistic point of view, from an acting point of view, it does give you an opportunity to play a character over a long, long stretch of time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know that from from an active point of view, that's really appealing. I think. I mean, how, how many years did you do Broadwalk Empire for, Steve? I think that kind of ran over five, six. No, six, seven years in the end. You know what I mean? Six. I think we did six series, but over seven years with the pilot as well. Um, yeah. It's, but just go just to go back to that question. You know, and I completely agree with what with what Danny's saying. And just personally, hopefully, it gives people more opportunities, you know what I mean? Mm. But predominantly, uh, you know, it raises the bar, you know what I mean, with, with certain things. So, yeah, I, I feel it's changed dramatically. And now you don't, like you said, you know, you don't need to be in some big blockbuster to try and get a break or you don't need to be in one of those things to, to get yourself launched as a career. You can, it's all about the craft, hopefully, do you know what I mean? Um, and the great thing about these series, like like what Dan says, is it, it can give you that longevity of really fine tuning and getting getting to play with a character properly. Do you know what I mean? I was lucky to do that with This Is England as well. We did that series 
and that was a span of over ten years. You know yeah. what I mean? From when yeah. the film was to the last to the last episode wow. of the series, and that journey was amazing to be able to take a character along that life for ten years and come back and revisit it every now and again was was a wonderful experience. And what, and what about next? Is there a even with everything that you guys have done and the caliber of people that you work with, is there a is there a bucket list? Is there still things that you want to tick off and? Oh, yeah, without question. I think the longer you stay in the business and the more you don't bump into the furniture and you you know, you come across <laughs> as reliable and you, you gain a reputation, then hopefully it should pan out that more and more interesting roles will come your way, really. Like Steve says, it's all about the quality of the part, quality of the writing. And I, here we are in lockdown. I'm, I'm hoping that when once this is all over, there's going to be a whole array of amazing scripts to read and hopefully take on, you know? Personally, I want to sit at the table with the grown-ups now. Do you know what I mean? And, and I want to I want to create the opportunities for other people. Personally, that's that's where I want to go with it. Um, yeah, of course, I'm not saying I'm stopping acting out. It's, it's my joy. But, but we've set up our little production company and, and we're doing okay. And we've got a couple of things in the pipeline. But I want to sit at that table with them grown-ups and say, no, hang on, we want this making here. And then hopefully, you know, with the ethos behind what we're trying to set up with our production company is create those opportunities for people who would not normally have those opportunities. That's my grand scheme of things, you know what I mean? That's that's what I would like to obtain in the future. That's what I see. Almost completes the journey in a way, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love that, you know what I mean? I'd I'd love I'd love that. And and we are we're moving forward in that way. We've we just did a little film and you know, there's a couple of TV things in the pipeline, so... You've got my number. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. You know, all day long, Dan. All day long. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. It seems like with actors, they, they do have more of those opportunities now. Obviously, because of, the, like you say, with the likes of Netflix and Now TV and these big sort of... Uh, distributors and you see like Lenny James don't you with his like Save Me which of course is an amazing series and and an award-winning so you know it's absolutely possible isn't it of course yeah um and primarily you know it wasn't Lenny didn't write that for himself it was it was they they wanted Lenny to to play that role you know what I mean so talk about turns and plot twists and stuff like that you know that was massive for him you know what I mean that was a big plot turn for him but yeah I um and I also do feel Look, I, I feel extremely blessed and, and I'm, I'm very grateful for the career I've had and, you know, how my, how my life has, has panned out and stuff like that, work-wise, but more at home with my family, you know what I mean? I feel very blessed and very lucky. Um, but because of that kind of career I've had, it, it, it does seem that people will maybe, you know, take you seriously and give you that opportunity if you have ideas and stuff. And, and that, the ideas are not, not, not ours per se, they there are other people's, you know what I mean, who've reached out and said, look, this script or this possibility and, and our job then as a production company will be to take that and, and try and see if we can say, we've got this idea, would you be interested? And that's primarily what we want to obtain, you know what I mean? That's what we want to do. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very positive about it for the future, you know what I mean? We've got a little bit of uh, trivia on you guys. Um, so every episode, oh, wait, oh, here we go. Here we go. We like we like to find a few little nuggets when we're doing research that we can just oh, we can just throw yeah. in. Well, the one I really enjoyed, Danny, was that is it true that when you were thirteen, you were a member of a women's over forties tap class? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, listen, how I, I I when I first started, I was uh, um, it was uh, it was dancing. <laughs> 
My mum, my mum took me to the Michael Jackson Bad concert when I was about twelve, and I was transfixed by it, right? And so the whole thing, I was like in my room pretending to be Michael Jackson, blah blah blah, and it led to a local dance group. And then Caroline, the teacher there, she said, you know what, Danny, you really want to try it all. You want to do jazz, modern, tap. Have you ever done tap? And there was a local um, over-40s women tap class. <laughs> <laughs> and I joined it. <laughs> how, how long were you a member of the group? Were there, were there performances? No, no, no. It was just like a local uh, a group. But they were lovely. They were lovely and... Um, <laughs> uh, I was like their little mascot, yeah. <laughs> I've got a street cred to think uh, about here. Do you know what I mean? I'm never going to work again, am I? I think that's been one of my favourite bits of trivia that I found. When we when we yeah, came yeah, across yeah, that, yeah. I was like, gold dust. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're using I would that. say that, using yeah. That. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we got we can we can we can improve the street cred because um, I interviewed you very briefly at the Tate Modern in February. And what a lot of people say is you're taller than people expect. Yeah, that, I, get that, get, I get that a lot. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I don't know what, why that yeah, is. We, it's weird, that, isn't it? Yeah. Not, not sure why, but we saw that. And also, in my household, we were almost living there last year because my family are obsessed with Fisherman's Friends. Which oh, is a great okay. Movie, yeah, yeah. Yes. Did yeah, very yeah. well. Um, and then the other thing we saw, Stephen, was actually you've obviously now been in three Scorsese Productions. He's still laughing about the tap dance. Yeah. <laughs> Do we need another Not moment yet. just to laugh about that? <laughs> but, <laughs> you, but, you, but you have worked with the, the, the great Martin Scorsese three times now. Do you, but you weren't ever really, you weren't ever looking towards America, were you? That wasn't part of your... I love it. Was, I love it how we've gone over 40s <laughs> tap class to Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I mean... Cheers, Tom. Love We're covering you, off all the important I'm really bits. I'm really pleased I signed up for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We've got to get that in the next series somewhere. We've got to have Major doing some South Council fucking number. We have to. If he should just go, whoa, look at my feet. What's this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. That, yeah, they'll put it in. If you need the next Twitter, the next Twitter viral post, you know, you know what to do. Yeah. God, I've interrupted your question. <laughs> um, no, no, yeah, you, yeah, you're bang on. You know, I, ne- I never had any, uh, I never had any ambitions or any kind of, yeah, desire, anything like that to want to go and make it in America. That was never, never, ever my thing. But primarily, it was just, you know, I just, I wanted to act and I wanted to try and make a career out of it. That, that's, that's all I ever wanted to do. To be honest with you, I had, but I had no ambitions to, to go over to America or anything like that. It was never part of my. Never part of my big plans, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really suppose there was a big plan. I just wanted to, I just wanted to do it and, and keep doing what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, as Tom said, you both have worked on some sort of incredible projects. What's been your favourite role to play? Well, funny enough, it was it involved tap dancing, and it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> dusted off the tap shoes and uh, out they came. <laughs> What's, what I, I will say, and I'm, and I'm not just saying it because it's what would, you know, what, what's coming up next. But the most enjoyment I've ever had on a set, and the most fun I've ever had on a set, it, it has to be called four or four. Do you know what I mean? It, it really yeah. does for me personally, because I mean, there was a lot of hard work involved in that. Do you know what I mean? We had shed loads of lines to learn, and we and we we'd be we'd be learning lines for the next day at lunchtime. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's kind of how big yeah. the schedule was. 
and Danny's got his missus and his kids, you know what I mean? So when he'd go home, he'd have, he'd have to see them for a little bit, but rightly so, do you know what I mean? I want to spend time, and then he'd have to go, right, I'm going to have to go now, and then he'd have to learn his lines, whereas I'd go back to a hotel and I'd have a bite to eat, and bosh, that'd be me up till 11 o'clock, learning lines for the next day. So when we were actually on set, I have never, and I've, you know, I've been on some good, really big quality, lovely films, and I've had some lovely times, but I've never, ever, ever in my fucking life laughed so much <laughs> the way I do with him. He's just got one of them faces as well, and it's his physicality. It's no, I don't mean. I mean, he can do. Danny, you'll you'll throw him a line or something like that. And don't forget, I've got. I'm the straight man here because I was shitting yeah. with the comedy. I was like, oh no, man, I'm not going to be able to do comedy. Either. And then I was going, you'll be all right, you'll be fine. You got Danny, and I'm like, no, oh, it's comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. And then. And then I went to him, you're going to have to have me back here. And he was like, don't worry, just, you know, you'll be great for it. You'll be... I was like, okay. And it, it's basically, he just makes me laugh so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? As Stephen, I think Danny's the funniest fucker I've ever met me like Danny. <laughs> so as this character, he's just, just even the slightest little look or the raise of his eyebrow just has me in stitches. Yeah, so yeah. I spend most of my time trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> I used to, I used to, when I'd come home and I was like, what's wrong with your lip? I had a fucking mark on the inside of my lip where I'd be fighting as we'd be filming. I'd, I'd say me line and then I'd fight my lip. Do you know what I mean? Because it just makes me laugh so much. Yeah. So I've never had so much fun on a set as I did with Code 404. Yeah, it was very I don't funny. know how we managed to finish on time every day, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we were struggling to make the days. They could dedicate a whole episode of outtakes to code 404 they probably should um we've seen that haven't we it's very funny it's very very funny because it's so sort of outlandish and slapstick the comedy in it at times it's um we had a right giggle yeah yeah loads of corpse in as well and loads because he can go as well (laughs) do you know what i mean i'll just what are you fucking laughing at that wasn't funny he'll be like that no go on go on and he just (laughs) So it was, yeah, we had, a, we had a really great time. And with Anna as well. Anna was lovely to work with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anna Maxwell Martin. We had a, we had a wonderful time on that. She, she's a character, isn't she? <laughs> she's yeah, a fucking yeah. lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've worked with Anna a few times. And I mean, I was doing a drama called Mother's Day about the Warrington bomb, really heavy piece. And it was it was because I, I was working with her and then we were just about to shoot the pilot for, for Code 404. And then Anna has said, oh, is there any roles in it? And I said, well, there's the wife, but literally it's one scene in the pilot. But um, And she said, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of be interested in it. But um, And she's great. She's such a brilliant straight actress as well as, like, she's so comfortable in comedy as well. She's um, amazing in Motherland and everything. So I think it's just great that there's the, we're in it and also there's a whole array of amazing actors, uh, Richard Gadd and Rosie Cavaliero and... All these uh, Tracy Ann Oberman, you know, it's just a really they've assembled a really great yeah, cast. Great comedic actors around as well. Isn't yes, it? really, and they were terrific to work with all of them. That's amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's uh, I've had a right giggle this afternoon. Absolute brilliant. pleasure. Lovely. That Time was... flies when you're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for having us on. Yeah, hope you enjoy the show when it's released as well. So, um, but fa- many thanks. Citizens of the Earth, we give you Danny Mays at home tap dancing <laughs> to Danny, take it away!
So that concludes our interview this week. What an interview it was. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, the two of them together were were such a laugh. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when they were filming. Like, you can just imagine, even just chatting to them for the brief time that we got, you can imagine life on set, them just absolutely weighing themselves, laughing at each other, or what is it, corpsing, as they're calling it, where they couldn't yeah, even yeah, continue yeah. a scene because they were yeah. trying not to laugh. I mean, that's like the best job ever, isn't it? To be with a good friend laughing on set. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, and good that we found a technique to stop yourself laughing, which you can probably implement when I'm making you, um, you lose it. So Stephen just biting his lip. I, I tend to roll my eyes more with you. But I think what we do have to talk about, Fran, is that little nugget that you picked out about Danny. And we do pick out bits of trivia every week. Uh, but this one was, it was a, a golden nugget. I knew when I found that that I'd stumbled upon something good, but I didn't realise <laughs> how good it was. The reception was brilliant. Stephen was crying with laughter. His reaction was priceless. I loved that. I just thought it was absolutely classic. And another top tip for you, Tom. So, you know, when we're out of lockdown, perhaps a, a nice way to uh, meet some new ladies, uh, get to a over 40 tap dancing class. I love how you've used this public forum to give me dating advice. Uh, no, I, I won't be listening to you and I'll, I'll, I don't even know where to go from here. Let's move on very quickly from this. Nobody move, needs to know. Let's move swiftly on. Um, yes. And let's talk about next week. So, yes, next week we've got Peaky Blinders star, the John Shelby, Joe Cole, who's also been in Black Mirror and, of course, his new series, Gangs of London, which everyone should be looking forward to because it's going to be a cracker. Yeah, there's been a lot of hype about this a show. A lot of hype. Really, really highly anticipated. And I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, I'm also really looking forward to chatting to Joe. So that's next week. But until then, see you soon. And stay safe. Farewell. Farewell.